for the team's a bunch of badasses if you know what I mean They're coming out of the sky, out of the sea And on land, gonna take it to the enemy Lock it low, boys Time to explode, boys Make sure you get home, boys They got your back, the pride of the fleets The bright swinging frogmen Of the U.T.T. Hey folks, Commander Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind podcast, and today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to first talk to you about something that's really important to me, uh, that is about becoming sheepdog strong, and then a little while later, I'm going to have a guest who's an unusual guest. You're just going to love this story. So uh, let me just get right into it. You know, uh, if you've been to a SealFit Academy or Kokoro Camp, then you've undoubtedly heard myself and our uh, SEALFIT coaches talk about sheepdog awareness and becoming sheepdog strong. You know, the, it, this comes, is a metaphor that comes from the story that, you know, the, the, um, the world is full of mostly sheep. Sheep, you know, are, you know, just kind of like happily going about their business, grazing, you know, they move in flocks and, you know, they have a, um, a sheepdog that kind of herds them, that, that watches out for them, you know, and this is a dog that's kind of been bred to, you know, help the shepherd, you know, keep the flock intact and, you know, going in the right direction and to protect the flock from the violent elements, in particular the wolves. Now, when the wolves of society are kind of violent criminals and people who are preying on uh, weaker individuals or, you know, preying on the elderly or those who are kind of on the fringes or falling through the cracks on the fringes of the flock. And so, you know, there is a, a small percentage of wolves and there's even a smaller percentage of sheepdogs who are protecting the sheep from the wolves. And the vast majority of humanity is in the sheep category. And at SealFit, one of the things that we believe is that, you know, being a sheepdog really is trainable. You know, it's just like this notion of leadership being trainable or mental toughness being trainable. We think it's, it's trainable and that a lot of people really can or should step up and be sheepdog strong and doing so is very empowering and allows us to move through life without fear, without that you know, debilitating fear that you know, your life or liberty could be taken from you by some violent wolf in society or even a crisis you know, which kind of acts like a wolf and maybe not be an individual. And so, you know, we strive to train people to be sheepdog strong, which is to have the mental toughness to be able to eradicate fear and to have an offensive mindset. So let's discuss a little bit about how we can be sheepdog strong here. And then I'm going to have a, we're going to have a guest who has learned how to be sheepdog strong through Kokoro Camp and has already demonstrated the power and the importance of that in his work environment. So let's start by talking a little bit about offensive mindset. You know, offensive mindset really is, it's part attitude, part controlling, you know, the thought processes that go on uh, in, in, your, um, in your mind, as well as really rewriting or uh, re-engineering the beliefs that kind of drive your behavior. Now, someone who possesses offensive mindset is able to control their inner space. So they practice the skills of the big four of mental toughness. 
And they're able to always answer the question, why? Why am I doing this? Why is this happening? If there's a violent altercation and you're called on to protect one of the flock, you are clear on why, right? why you're doing it, why it's important. And my friend Glenn Doherty, who was in Benghazi, one of the two SEALs who passed away in Benghazi, was clear about why he was doing what he was doing. He was doing to save American lives. Those were his teammates. He had an offensive mindset. Those with an offensive mindset, not do they only control their thought patterns and their emotional responses, but also have a powerful script that they've generated, that their internal version of reality and how they define the world and their relation to it is different than everybody else. They see themselves as protectors, as warrior leaders, as servant leaders. And they understand that these skills and this attitude comes you know, with a lot of responsibility and oftentimes great sacrifice. And so because of this, their level of commitment is much greater than the average person. You know, when a, a quick silly example, but when a sheep goes to the shopping mall, the sheep is self-centered and focused on just purchasing something for their own needs or you know, wilding away the time. But when a sheepdog goes to the mall, he may have a secondary mission of going to buy the watch or, you know, return the item that, you know, this son or daughter didn't fit them or whatever. But, you know, his primary is always to maintain that sheepdog awareness and to watch, to be aware, to be the protector. Isn't that interesting? It's different. So the sheepdog with the offensive mind is always writing the script, writing the script of his life, living in control and being able to very quickly see through the clutter of what's going on in the situation or with another individual, especially one that smells like a wolf and being able to take control and diffuse, deflect or defend against that situation. Now controlling one's internal state is the work of unbeatable mind. It's what we do. It's how, you know, it's the process of developing the skill sets and turning the big four skills and the notion of being an exceptional teammate into, into deep skills that become aspects or attributes of your character. So we go beyond theory into deep practice. And those big four skills of breath control and positivity and visualization and microtasks and the OODA loop, they all become practices that you, know, you, you take just as seriously as practicing your snatch or your clean and jerk or your CrossFit training or whatever it is that you like to practice in life. So the idea is that we practice the skills of the internal controlling your internal state, your internal awareness, and connecting your five mountains of physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, spiritual um, selves or lives. And this becomes a daily initiative, a daily practice. One that you take as seriously as eating and sleeping. And when you do this, not only do you unlock greater levels of awareness so you can be more sheepdog strong, your radar is firing in all cylinders, so to speak, but you unlock accelerated growth. 
you reach higher states and stages of consciousness. One where the notion of being a sheepdog takes even greater importance and you expand your sphere of protection beyond your more limited sphere out into the world. You become a world-centric warrior. Now, let me talk a little bit about the Cooper color system because this plays into our discussion. Sheep are operating always in white. The Cooper color system is a series of colors that indicate different states of awareness. And it was coined by Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Cooper, who's an army officer. And the Cooper color, so, so white in the Cooper color system is complete lack of awareness. It's ignorance, essentially. It's the sheep just kind of wandering around, grazing, you know, really self-absorbed. Now, yellow is the state that rests above white, which is passive alertness. Passive alertness is as if you had a radar and you switched it on. You know, and, and so white is radars off, no electricity going to it. Yellow is you switch that radar on, or you switch the radar on and it's constantly scanning, but it doesn't have any hits. It hasn't pinged any threat, but you're always scanning. So if you do go to that mall, you know, your primary focus is to scan and then your secondary is to, you know, go about your business. But if you detect a threat, then that other business goes out the window and now you focus on the threat. You don't ignore it. So yellow is a state that the sheepdog strong person learns to live in 100% of the time. This doesn't mean that you're jacked up and sneaking around corners and you know, your, your adrenaline is always rushing. No, no. You learn to control all that through the big four skills. You control that. And so you're actually more relaxed, more calm than the sheep because you're learning to control even the hidden stressors and the unconscious stressors. So, but if you're operating in yellow and say you're at the mall and all of a sudden detect a threat, you see someone who's got a weapon or a bag or maybe he's wearing camis and he looks like he's up to no good, you don't put your head back into the sand. You don't put your head down and grab another bite of popcorn. No, you step it up to orange. And orange is now active awareness. So you've gone from passive scanning to active where you've pinged the threat. And now your, your focus like really collapses on that and you're getting really, really interested in what's going on in that vector or in that area, that AO, that, that this threat is arising. Of course, you don't take your broader awareness off of the potential for other threats because this may not be a lone wolf, but you're going to scan and you're going to start planning you start thinking, what happens? What if this is real? Your OODA loop kicks in and you begin to really focus on how can I respond to this situation? Even if this person is not focused on you per se, but Sheepdog is not going to let something happen to other civilians that you're in charge of. You're the, the flock. You're in charge of the flock. So orange is active alert, focused attention on solving this problem. And if all of a sudden this person turns out to be harmless and you're sure of that, then you back it down to yellow. But if this person begins to take action, if you see them pulling a weapon out, if you see them doing something that's going to be disastrous, then you take action. That's when you elevate to red. Red is go, go, go. Full on offensive mindset. And you take action. I'm reminded of the two Marines who were in the train 
outside of Paris who saw a bad guy, ISIS sympathizer or operative, two of them actually go into the bathroom and fumble around. And when they came out, these Marines were waiting for them. And these guys had AK-47s, were ready to kill everyone in that train. And the Marines took them down. That's sheepdog strong. So you can kind of reference the Cooper color system. Think, am I in yellow or white? Get out of white, stay in yellow. And if you ping a threat, you move to orange. And if you evaluate that threat to be credible and action needing to be taken, then you escalate to red and you take action. You don't wait. I mean, sure, calling 911 is a good idea, but guess what? People will die if the sheepdogs don't take action. So closing the fear gap, that gap between the known and the unknown, is a critical skill to develop for the sheepdog. And developing an unconscious competence around being able to ascertain threats and opportunities. These are all skills of unbeatable mind. These are all skills that we're going to work on day in and day out. And we're going to discuss in these podcasts and we're going to discuss in our training so that you can become sheepdog strong. On that note, I am super stoked to have our today's guest, Dr. Patrick Martin. Now, Dr. Martin's in his second year as superintendent of schools for Tarkio R1, which is in, I think, Missouri. Well, Patrick will uh, clue us in on that. Dr. Martin served as the principal, assistant principal at Lee's Summit West and as an assistant principal at Hickman High School. He began his career at Excelsior Springs High School as a teacher and athletic coach. He earned his Bachelor of Science in Social Studies at the University of Missouri. He went on to obtain his Master's Degree in Education and Leadership at Northwest Missouri State, followed by a Doctorate Degree in Education Administration from St. Louis University. He is an avid sportsman, and Dr. Martin has completed multiple half marathons, fitness competitions, and he is a seal fitter. He's a seal fitter. So he has... Uh, now. Patrick, just like a lot of you guys, jumped right into the frying pan by coming to Kokoro Camp. Right? So I don't actually recommend that, by the way, guys. I recommend that you come to a Fundamental Academy, then a 20X, and then Kokoro. So crawl before you walk, walk before you run. But Patrick, you know, being the sheepdog that he is, jumped right into Kokoro. And he'll tell us today that he made it 20 hours. He made it 20 hours. 20 very well-spent hours, I might add. So let me... Just leave it at that, and um, we're going to welcome Patrick. He's going to call in, and then we'll, uh, we'll get busy discussing how an individual like Patrick can make an impact with a sheepdog strong mindset. Here we go. Yoga is for warriors. Go to warrioryoga.com and pre-order a copy of my new book, Kokoro Yoga, due out April 12th. When you pre-order, you'll receive two free gifts, including the first chapter of the book and a one-hour recovery video. Prepare your body, mind, and spirit on your quest to self-mastery. Check out warrioryoga.com. Go there now. Hooyah. Hey, Dr. Martin. Thanks for calling in. Uh, super stoked to have you today on the Mark Devine's Unbeatable Mind podcast. Uh, welcome back to uh, SealFib, this time in a virtual environment. How are things going? Hey, things are great, Coach. Uh, we're uh, we're making it each and every day, step by step, and 
you know, I just want to say how truly honored and humbled I am to to be able to speak to you on a podcast with uh, everything you with your military background and what your seal fit community does and trying to make America a better place with the values that made our country a, a world power with respect, team life, et cetera, et cetera. I, I couldn't have any more respect for you and, uh, and what you do out there in Encinitas. Thank you. We all appreciate that. And we appreciate that there's people like you willing to kind of step up to the standard. And we're going to talk about that today. But uh, first off, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've been already chatting it up with the team, uh, the Unbuild Mind community for about 15, 20 minutes talking about being sheepdog strong. And how do you become sheepdog strong and be a a sheepdog instead of a sheep and, uh, you know, protect the sheep or the flock from the wolves they develop offensive mindset and, and learn to write your own script and control yourself, control your internal state so that when situations do happen, you know, you're there to be a solution and not part of the problem or not fading into the woodwork. So that's been happening. Uh, and I said I had, we had a special guest caller. That's you. I haven't told him why, but let's talk about your experience because uh, you're a seal fit athlete. You've been to Kokoro camp. Uh, how did you hear about seal fit and kind of what was that experience like for you? Well, coach, I'll, t- I'll tell you, my father was in the Navy. He flew P3s. I was actually born in Aganya, Guam, hmm. kind of went around the different military bases growing up, uh, ended up here in, in Missouri. Um, my wife lived with Matthew Mason, who was on ST6 hmm. in college. I went to their wedding had the privilege to be around him, you know, just a handful of times. Right. And, and when he, he was on extortion 17 in Afghanistan and it, you know, I've always been a, done my best to be a patriot towards our country. And, you know, I know sometimes in the day to day with the service men and women are, are doing, and we go along with our lives. It just, I feel like we take a lot of things for granted. So Matt passing away really, uh, really kind of impacted me. Right. And, uh, you know, real briefly, when I, the times I was around Matt, there was a lot of alphas in the room, you know, college football players, you know, just guys that have had a lot of success and he was the rock star, right. but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known it by the way he spoke everything that you guys preach about, you know, team and humbleness and not wanting publicity for the job that you're paid and expected to do. He embodied all of that. Right. So, so that really motivated me to kind of look in to the, to the SEAL community. And, you know, one of my friends that knew how much I, I followed, you know, I've read, you know, all the Lone Survivor and American Sniper, right. Fearless, et cetera, et cetera. And so I got turned on to your website and I was like, holy cow, it looks like pretty much other than jumping out of airplanes and blowing stuff up, we can, <laughs> uh, we can get the real deal. And, uh, kind of get get my tail kicked right. i've always i've never been the biggest fastest or strongest but i've always been had perseverance right and there it's taken there's never been anything that psychologically could could make me give up but i will right. tell you i was at concora 37 and i made it about halfway i made it about halfway right. and you know like you guys preach about failing is a step closer to success and it's my macro goal to get, I'm 40 years old. It's my macro goal to get out there and get secure by the by the age of 42. So that's that's what I'm training for right now. But man, I I didn't think I could have any higher respect 
for the team guys and what you are capable of until uh, until you're you're there on the grinder. And for for any of you guys listening that haven't ever been in the presence of uh, Commander Divine, the cyborg, he's a large, large, intimidating man. And when we're standing, when we're standing there getting ready to uh, for things to break out, and Coach and the and the various team guys and uh, his coaching staff are patrolling around like sharks getting ready to attack it's it's quite the quite the experience but i will tell you even i don't like to call it a failure because i think it's a step in the right direction Correct. it besides my wife and kids it probably was the greatest experience i've i've ever had as a athlete or a human i i just so believe in everything you guys stand for and and preach wow that's terrific yeah thank thank you for that uh, summary and um yeah, you're right. Making it 20 hours into Kokoro is a huge victory. You know, that is no small task. And, and you know, you're wise enough to take the, the you know, the lessons that you learned and to apply them. And, and I hope to see you back. In fact, I'm going to invite you back to, to finish the whole experience, you know, as my guest, because I think you will thrive now that you've had that, that initial experience. I, I love it. Thanks, Coach. So let's, um, you know, back to being sheepdog strong. There are some things that you learned at Kokoro Camp and in the training up to Kokoro and in just, you know, kind of like, you know, trying to absorb the, um, the knowledge and the attitude of the, of the SEALs and the special ops community. And you had a recent opportunity to apply that sheepdog mentality. And I, I just thought this was so cool when I heard this story because, you know, it, it's it's near and dear to what I've been telling people and or asking, I should say, people to do for years is to step up and be a sheepdog. You know, don't don't shirk from, you know, unusual responsibility. And that includes societal. And so tell us what happened recently. You're a superintendent of a school district and you had an opportunity to be a sheepdog. Uh, and of course, that's ongoing. And this has probably just stepped up your resolve. But tell us what happened. Give us the story. All right, Coach. Well, um, about a week ago. I got an email from one of my teachers saying that one of our students was dressed in full camo tack vest and some students had told this teacher that he was in possession of live ammunition. Wow. So I got that email and then she called me um, also to make sure that I'd, I'd received the email. And so, you know, my initial thought was, you know, if he's, if he's carrying, I need to wait for the police to get here. So I have a even shake, but that thought left my mind really quick because all I could, you know, every day these kids get dropped off in this district. I mean, I have a team, we are a team protecting these kids, but ultimately right. it would be me looking at a parent in the eye saying, sorry, I couldn't keep your son or daughter safe today. Right. And uh, so I just went, I called the police on the way up there. Um, I got into the classroom. Um, this young man, Pretty large. He, he wasn't necessarily athletic, but he's about 6'2", hmm. 220, 230. And, you know, I said, you know, I'll just call him student X. I said, I need I need you to grab your stuff and and come with me. And, you know, he kind of made a loud production like, oh, I'm in trouble. Dr. Martin's going to get me. I'm you know, I'm in trouble. And I could see the he had AR-15 uh, magazines in his front Good part of his, tack, uh, of his tack vest bullets. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Very large bullets. So I get him in across the hall is our in-school suspension room. And there's kind of a, on the front part, there's desks where students can do work and, you know, get assisted by the instructor. But in the back, there's kind of a room that's windowless and uh, 
it's kind of if the students have reached a point where they're not OSS, but they need to be by themselves. So I get him back in the in this back room, and I said, "Did he come willingly, or did you kind of have to like uh, muscle him there?" Willingly. Good. When I walked okay. him over, I had my left hand on his arm, and in my mind, I was processing what I would do if he made a move. Right. So it, it was more or less willing when he got in back into the room. He took off his, his tack vest, had the AR-15 mags. I said, I'm going to need to pat you down to make sure there's nothing, you know, he had BDUs on. Um, he had about a three and a half, four inch blade in his left pocket. Jeez. But when things, where things got dicey was um, he had a backpack ruck, you know, a military ruck. And I, and it was, it was at his feet and I bent down to get it. And he kneeled down and we were eye to eye and he said, you're not taking this bag. And I said, you need to step back or this is, you know, not going to be good for you. And he said, you're not taking this bag. So I stood up, kind of, I had a hold of the bag, kind of turned to my left, like, you know, a basketball player boxing out. And I kind of shoved him back. And then I came around with a open hand, left hand, right, right around his chest, knocked him back three to four steps. My, uh, the in-school instructor was had my was standing behind me and when this happened he kind of stepped up behind me and the student backed off at that point okay um set the bag on the table started searching he had a nine millimeter uh one in the chamber um coach i it everything there's so many details he he had two or three full mag or clips for the nine millimeter i know on his person he had more bullets than we have students in the school you know, they searched his truck. A lot of bad things could have happened. They searched his house. He had Googled what cops do wrong and mass shootings, how to get away with mass murder, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I, our local law agency, which, you know, in small town life, the, the police chief was a guy that graduated a year older than me. And, you know, I've known my whole life and we kind of were, you know, it, it was a smooth operation from the county sheriff's department to the local law enforcement highway patrol was in the, uh, you know, the governor's office, interestingly enough, called three times during the whole process to, you know, check on everything. And right. we got him subdued and, you know, it, that happened at nine 30 kids were on lockdown. We were off lockdown about, a, it was roughly two hours. And then we, you know, we went on with our day, but it was, uh, that's you know, intense. when you first go into go into school to to go into education, you don't go in there thinking you're gonna right. wrestle firearms away from a student. You know, you go in there because you want to help people. Right. Wow, what is, what an incredible story! And what you know, you're right. The world is changing. And did you, um, besides you know your work and your own you know your own thought processes and seal fit, is there a training that you had at the school to prepare yourselves for this uh, potentiality? <laughs> Yes, we we walked through the procedures of lockdown, et cetera. Um, I G- generally let me ask this another way. Generally, is the recommendation not to engage the student like you did and to wait for law enforcement? That's correct. That's what I thought. That's, and that, and that's see, that's what I'm talking. About. That's not a sheepdog mentality, is it? No, that could I, lead uh, to massive death. No, I mean I, I respect the law and 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 the advisement, but. I wasn't going to look back after the fact and say, why did I wait when I could have right. helped somebody? It's good for you. Good for you. 
Yeah, I mean, consider the the time uh, domain involved in, in just noticing the, the observation and the orientation and getting the cops there and then their decision to act. I mean, the, 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 uh, uh, a lone wolf can wreak havoc. Correct. That's that's wow. correct, Coach. And, and I'll tell you, I want to. I also want to plug. We had a very brave teacher and a bra- very brave young lady that reported it because you know in today's society, the whole stitches for snitches, you know, yeah. belief system. I mean, they they stood up to that and realized that something very very bad could have happened, and uh, they right. took the right step. So I, you know, kudos to them too. No doubt. Well, situational awareness training, learning, you know, learning to know what to look for, what signals, what tells. You know, these guys or, or girls, I guess, are giving, you know, the violent wolves. Uh, that would be kind of valuable, I think. And then, you know, how to diffuse, how to, you know, detect, diffuse and defend against it um, to avoid mass casualty before the police arrive. It just seems like this is the way to go. But I, I know that I'm preaching to the choir when I say that, you know, the bureaucrats won't necessarily go there. But your example and others like you can help kind of dislodge that because, you know, you have to confront this violence. You have to confront the wolves in the field, at the point of, you know, at the incident ground level. It's just too late once they start the action. And um, you uh, and it's all mindset, right? It's all mindset. It comes back to that, that offensive mindset. Correct. I, I couldn't agree with you any more than what you just said. And you nailed it with, with the bureaucrats. You know, Coach, the, the sad thing in public education is that if you have a motivated individual that wants to cause harm, we are sitting ducks. Right. I mean, in, in a public education system. So you've got to take all the necessary steps to to kind of feel it. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, I forget the exact way you worded it, but I know in some of your books, you talk about like intuition and feeling right. things before they happen. Right. It's, I have never in my career in anything had my six senses going off like I did that mm-hmm. day when I was with mm-hmm. that kid. Right. So it, you know, and you paid attention. Yeah. For you. Wow. Well, that's an incredible story. And I, you know, it's, it's sad. I mean, there's so many parts of this that are like so cool, but also so scary and sad. You know what I mean? So I feel, I feel weird congratulating you, but I am going to con- congratulate you. Cause if I was a parent, you know, I'd be, I'd be high fiving you and I'd be giving you a, a, a half a million dollar bonus right now. If I was that, <laughs> hey, you can call my school, school board system. if you want, coach. I'm going to give me, yeah, send me their numbers. Well, the whole community should call them and tell them that you, you deserve a pay raise and a promotion or whatever, uh, because that is awesome. And we need way more of that going on all around. We need people to step up and be sheepdogs and, and to, you know, counteract those, the violent wolves of society who, you know, are getting more and more brash. Uh, and it's going to get worse. And the only way it's going to get better is if we all take responsibility. We can't wait for, you know, the, the deputized law enforcement. And, you know, and they would agree, but they just want it to be done sensibly. And they don't want a bunch of vigilantes. And, and that's accurate. We, we're not I'm not talking about vigilante. I'm talking about being able to respond to the crisis with a, a mindset that is, hey, we got to deal with this right here, right now. And uh, if I get injured, so be it. I'm going to save lives. Who you out of that, Coach? Couldn't agree more. Who yeah. All right, Dr. Martin. You know, continue on. I look forward to seeing you back at Kokoro. Let Melanie know when you want to come, and and uh, you don't have to worry about paying for it because you've earned it ten times over. Who you out of that, Coach? Hey, you keep doing what you're doing, man. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. You take care. All right. Good take luck, care with yourself, sir. Thanks very much. Bye bye.
All right, folks, you heard it. This has been a, such a cool podcast to do, and I'm so you know humbled by Dr. Martin's just his performance as a regular guy doing his thing, but protecting the lives of his students and his you know the the folks back in his community. And uh, let that let that be example an example for all of us. So who ya to Dr. Martin? Wow, terrific! All right, so that's it for today, everybody. Train hard, stay focused, step up and be a sheepdog. I'll see you next time. Who ya? Coach Divino. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen of the UTT. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.